Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town, but I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm, sperm cast. Hey, you guys, I'm so happy to have you back. Welcome to episode 14. For you newbies, I always suggest you go back and start from the beginning of the series because it's way more fun that way and you'll get to know all kinds of garbage about me. But if you're too intimidated by 13 episodes, I understand. Here's the long and short of it. I'm Molly Hockey. I'm an actor, writer, comedian. I'll be 40 in two weeks. I've always wanted children, but my window for traditional motherhood is rapidly closing, so I'm exploring my options. In other words, I'm looking for a sperm donor. But that's not all. I'm also talking about things that I've clammed up about my whole life. Things most women don't talk about for fear of being whiny or jinxing themselves. We're discussing all of this so that younger women and men out there can know that there are more options out there than just that fairy tale marriage and children scenario. Okay, before we get started, I wanted to talk about last week's episode for a second. I got a lot of concerned emails and texts about that second interviewee, Kyle Gordy. Folks, I understand your concern, and I want you to know, in case it wasn't very, very clear, that I will not be using Kyle's sperm. In fact, no offense, Kyle, but I would advise my listeners to steer clear as well. If for no other reason than you have unprotected sex with women that are having unprotected sex in bars with strangers, it's not safe for you, for the woman, or for the future baby. Here are some updates. I flew back from New York all by myself and I didn't die or have a panic attack on the plane. In fact, I feel pretty good. Not 100%, but a lot better. Also, my landlords have not yet come to a decision about my Airbnb, so I'm still doing that and surviving. And lastly, I want to give a big thank you to all of my new Patreon subscribers. Butch, Tom, Andy, and Rob from high school. You silly guys. Emily Bell from acting class. Angel Rivera III. Linda Schumann, my beach buddy from North Carolina. Jenny Nelson. Christy Brooks. Robert Olson. Tom Pune. Adam Hooper from Australia last week. Nicole LaBeouf. Curvin Blunt. Devin Gustafson. Sherry Zelsdorf. Rebecca Ruzma, who you'll hear a little bit later in this episode and Ashley Boudelier whose last name I'm sure I'm butchering I'm so sorry okay let's get started I'm so excited to introduce to you my good friend the fabulous the talented the handsome the wonderful wait before we get started everyone just do this with me for one second everybody just take a deep breath in biggest breath of the day okay okay wait okay should we do it all together yeah but I'm not ready okay yeah okay so I'll I'll lead us let's breathe in one, two, three. Hold at the top. Fill up your lungs, and then exhale with your mouth open. Hi, <sighs> <sighs> <And>, uh, <sighs> Do you want some grapes? Are you guys recording? Yeah. yeah. 
And you're doing like a breathing exercise? <laughs> I, just decided, I just decided let's take a breath together before we get started. Are we centered? Hey. Hi, Hello. everybody. Welcome to Spermcast. You're here with Molly and Amanda. Hello. <laughs> and we've got our good friend, Mr. Zach Huddleston Hello. here today. Welcome, Zach. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Amanda's got grapes in her cheeks mm-hmm. like a chipmunk. I'm storing them for later for a snack. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Zach. How are you? I'm good, Molly. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to have you here. One, because it's just so fun to see you. It's good to see your smile. Good vibes. Zach has great positive energy. Oh, that's so so wonderful to hear because you two are two of the most positive, warm energy people I know. That's real nice. That's Truly. nice. Yeah. yeah. I think it comes across in the podcast. Aw. That's fun. Yeah. We're people pleasers. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that could have a bad connotation, but also you just put out such a loving, like a warmth and a... Hmm. Yeah. It's Am I warm? Because sometimes I feel like I'm cold. Oh, no. I'm warm. No, you're super warm. Yeah. Maybe to a fault. <laughs> okay. So why are we here? You know what, Zach? Um, so, so I, so I wonder sometimes if my male friends, um, I think I've said this in the podcast, but I wonder if they are, they are simultaneously fearing me asking them to be on this podcast and also pissed off that they haven't been asked yet. <laughs> well, I don't think I felt either one of those. I could, I couldn't help. Cause like I've known most of your guests, or a lot of them when I would listen, I mean, you know, you put yourself in that circumstance and like, mm-hmm. how would I answer those questions mm-hmm. and, and things like that. I wasn't like chomping at the bit. Cause I, I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm a little conflicted. Like, not to cut to the chase too much. Don't tell us. Uh, we we need something to look forward oh, to. Oh, needs to drag it out. Well, He's going to give okay. us his number. He's going to go. No. I'm a uh, ten. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> cut the podcast. <laughs> Damn it. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It, and and certainly every episode I listen to, particularly the ones like the first one with Brandon Barrick, who's my best friend, and um, a lot of the, you know the Andy DeYoung, the Matt one, like mm-hmm. a lot of those episodes, you know, like people that. Or maybe like similar to me in age and and other things like that. Like, yeah, you can't help but like run through those questions in your head. And 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 I think the thing I keep coming back for to is, you know, I love you and you're great. And I would do anything to help you <laughs> separate from, you, you know, I would gladly help you move or drive you to the airport. You know, this is a oh, bigger, it's a bigger know, ask. I might have to move soon. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I actually might move soon too. So maybe we could... Uh, figure that out. We could. <laughs> well, first, let's just be roommates. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> and actually, we'll be too fast. We're being too fast. roommates might complicate uh, yeah. some of the bigger questions of this podcast. But uh, I would gladly do anything. Like if if somehow, and I think probably a lot of the guys you've interviewed would make much better donors than me. But like if somehow I came down and it's like I need you to help out, Zach, I would gladly do that in service of my good friend. I don't know, like, I don't know exactly how I would feel about, like, my end of it, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Well, I guess we'll have to get into it. Yeah. But I'll tell you why I didn't ask you sooner. Oh, okay. Oh. I don't know this. I know. Because we both have heartburn. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh. And I was like, I can't wow. ask, I can't get, have a kid with Zach because our kid will have. They will have girth. Stomach problems. Is that. Genetic? I don't know. Probably. It is for me. I think my father had it. And actually... Because right, I remember you telling me that your yeah. dad 
ate a lot of Tums. Yeah, and and he eventually died from cancer. That of the stomach. Yeah, and the larynx and esophagus. Is larynx. that connected? To- yeah. So it can. So like, um, if you have one of the the uh, long term. Um, side effects or one thing that can come from having heartburn long term is it eventually kind of degrades your digestive tract to a point where it, be- it can become more susceptible to cancer. And I think yeah, it changes it, the yeah. cells in your stomach and your esophagus. And so in your esophagus, did he have Barrett's esophagus? Uh, I don't know that he was ever diagnosed with it, oh. but he might have. Mm. Wow, so this is more serious than I, I forgot. Yeah. Like I was, I, I had in my mind, there was something about your dad and eating a lot of Tums. Though, I will say, especially since my father died, I have changed my diet in a way that, like, I don't need to take any medication and I don't get heartburn I heard you anymore. talking about this on your podcast the other oh! day, actually, Which is a great podcast. Oh, I really love so it. It's called Fruitful. Amanda, you probably haven't heard I it haven't yet. I haven't listened yet, but I, it, honestly, when I heard that premise, I was like, this is a podcast for me. And, <laughs> and it's me. so funny because it's so such a simple premise. It's a podcast about fruit. Yeah, that's it. We just eat fruit and talk about fruit. And then, but Zach, you also cut away and talk about facts about fruit, which yeah, I that's love. True. I do like, I like fruit facts. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you have a degree? I in- do. I have a master's in agricultural economics. Did you know um, that, Amanda? Uh, when did you get that? <laughs> a master's? When I was 22. I've never put Freak. it to use. You know, I, I mostly. Well, you are now. Well, that, that's and true. And you brought us grapes today. We've come full circle. So yes. are this, is there something special about these grapes you brought in? Well, they're, grapes are in season right now in California. Mm. You know, California produces a lot of the, uh, the, the U.S.'s table grapes. In, in addition to a lot of the U.S.'s wine grapes. Mm. But um, though grapes are, now you can get them, you know, year-round in most supermarkets. But right now, they're coming from our lovely California, our golden state, you mm. know? So they, you can taste the terroir. Terroir. You know that term? No, no. It's like uh, you know when you Earth war. Yeah, that's it. It's like the flavor. (laughs) What's terrain? Terroir, also pronounced terroir. T e r r o i r. Noun, the complete natural environment in which a particular wine is produced, including factors such as the soil, topography, and climate. The characteristic taste and flavor imparted to a wine by the environment in which it is produced. Yeah, it's like the flavor of the earth. They use it to talk about like wine grapes in France, because mm. it's a French term of like, oh, the the wine from Burgundy gets mm. its flavor from the land of Burgundy, from the dirt, mm. from the earth. Like you can taste the area. So, so we're I, tasting I California right now. What's that? We're tasting California yeah. right now. Mm. This is a fr- we we gotta get this isn't my podcast though I know, it's your podcast. But speaking of wanting to be on a, somebody else's podcast, I would gladly. Have I you. love fruit. Oh, oh, we could talk and and you're a vegetarian, which mm-hmm. I feel like makes but we brings have some you even closer. That we might to, argue about or just ooh. talk ooh. about. Yeah, because you you also have some very strong like food agriculture kind feelings of, about organic yes. and local. Yeah, I would love to talk to you about that. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, so I, and and. <laughs> And one thing in the shower before I came over here, one thing I was definitely thinking about, I'm I'm lucky in that I don't have a family history of a lot of illness or disease. Like there's no diabetes, there's very little heart disease, not a lot of heart attacks, but I do got some cancer. And in particular, my father, who mm-hmm. in theory I share half my DNA with or whatever. But he didn't treat his stomach pain problems, his GERD. That's right. And, and he, he died- just ate Tums. He did. He did a lot of things that weren't good. He also abused alcohol for a lot of his life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another thing that can lead to digestive 
um, cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also, so his sister, he only had one sibling and his sister was a few years younger than him and she died even younger than he did. She died in her 50s. My dad died at 60. They both died of cancer. And I think this is a pet theory with not a lot of scientific background. They grew up next to a gas station. But don't a lot of people grow up next to gas stations? No, like, I mean, like the edge of their yard was a gas station and Mm -hmm. there were like gas tanks like under their home and their mm. in their grandma's home across the street, and this is the fifties and sixties. Like yes, and, gas. and then my grandfather, mm. my dad's dad, ran a liquid propane station. So like, I don't know, just the fact that my dad and his sister lived very different lives, and yet they both died of cancer at like mm. kind of a youngish age. Yeah. I don't know. That's what just my pet cancer theory. What did she have? Um, I'm not one hundred percent sure. I think pancreatic, mm. which is a bad. Mm. Okay, well, let's see what Scientific American has to say about it. Okay, modern-day gas pumps have vapor recovery boots on their nozzles, which limit the release of gas vapors, but not so in the past. As far as I can tell, uh, odorless hydrocarbon fumes containing hazardous chemicals like benzene would be released into the air. Uh, Benzene is a known cancer-causing chemical, according to the National Institutes of Health. These fumes, these benzene-filled cancer-causing fumes, along with carbon monoxide, which came from car exhausts, um, lead to higher ozone levels, which can lead to respiratory problems and asthma. There are also problems with underground gasoline storage. Uh, These tanks in the past were made of uncoated steel, which can rust over time, allowing lots of leakage, and the pipes leading to these tanks can also accidentally be ruptured. Gasoline additives such as methyl tertiary butyl ether, MTBE, which has been outlawed in some states, make the water undrinkable, and that is only one of 150 chemicals in gasoline. Repeated high exposure to gasoline, whether in liquid or vapor form, can cause lung, brain, and kidney damage, according to the NIH's National Library of Medicine. So, hmm. But How's so, mom doing? My mom is great, and um, her side of the family, like, she and all of her siblings are still alive. She's healthy and thriving and as sharp as a whip. Um, and her parents, they were heavy smokers, but they still lived to, I think, their late 70s, early 80s mm-hmm. before they died. Mm-hmm. So there's a good longevity over there. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a big old asterisk on my record, the cancer thing. So then we went on to talk about certain ways that we've changed our diets to improve our stomachs, Zach and I. And uh, and then Zach brought up Adam Hooper from the last episode who had some dietary suggestions for men and women. And uh, and then Zach said that I... You do a great no, accent. No, it was really bad. It was good. It was so bad. I liked how you said donors. How do you Dinah. Say- <laughs> Dinah? I'm, I'm, I have no. You're the king of accents. No, she's mocking me. The king of accents. <laughs> oh guys, you know that there's something I forgot to say. Zach is an incredible improviser, oh. and Amanda and I were on an improv team with him we, years ago. She remembers. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, Zach is, such, Zach is a wonderful improviser, yes. and he's a former um, artistic director of IO West, which is no longer in existence. That's right. Um, but he did a great job running the theater for oh, the little that's, that's the, this yeah. period of time. That what he are you was doing, doing now? Well, uh, we we were briefly chatting before the podcast started that you know it's been a couple months of transition for me. I was a full time employed, and then that business closed. I was living with a girlfriend of four years, and that <gasps> business closed. <laughs> <laughs> so I've moved. I've uh, been you know changing jobs, and uh, I'm single. Damn, that's a lot. It's a lot. All of that since like March, April. Yeah. 
How have you been handling all that? Um, you know, it it's not the easiest thing, though I will say like there's some part of it that like everything changing at once has been, you know, it's almost like clean slate. Like mm-hmm. I might as well change it. If I'm changing two thirds, I might as well change 100 <laughs> percent. You yeah. know, there's some of that, I yeah. think. It's kind of like a nice reset, a time to kind of reevaluate what your next move is. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I was thinking about you, Molly, on the, yeah. on the drive over here, like. Not that you're not going through that exact circumstance, but like you kind of like approaching like a big pivot in your life. Like this kind of hard change in my life or hard multiple changes has been like, oh, I could totally redirect what I I could move to Montana and, Mm -hmm. you know, and become a rancher or something like that. Or or, or, I'm not I'm not going to do that. But, you know, uh, (laughs) I I could have. It would never have been easier than right now. And like you're kind of. I am in that. Thoughtfully or willfully approaching like a pivot like that. Yeah, I, I think of different options all the time, all every day. Um, Can I ask where you're at right now? Yes. Where am I at? I am, well, when I was feeling all that anxiety, which was very, very scary for me, everything started to scare me. Anything that involved any sort of a commitment, like going up an elevator 35 stories, um, getting on an airplane where I couldn't get out, getting in the car to drive three and a half hours by myself. What if I get stuck in traffic? I was scared that I would have a panic attack. And I wasn't scared of those things. I was just scared that I would be scared in those moments. And then I started thinking, what if I'm pregnant and I have a panic attack? And I started getting... I, uh, anxiety about that and I've never been scared of being pregnant before <laughs> so I don't feel that fear as much anymore but I was feeling that for about a week and a half <laughs> I'm still uh scared I, I'm still having anxiety but um but but it's much less and um okay so so that's about being pregnant I still need to figure out my income yeah. And I still need to figure out my place where I'm going to live. The the income part is very interesting to me because like yeah. I, don't, I don't have children. Um, and that's something I think about like, oh, I can't afford kids or like when will I ever be able to afford kids? But like more and more I'm thinking like people raise kids. Yeah. Think of Los Angeles. Yeah. And the, the wonderful like spread of humanity that lives here. And like you're probably in the upper half of income for Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, I know you don't think of yourself as a wealthy person, but like there's so many, so many, literally millions of people with less money than you. Yeah. And many of them have children, right? Is that something you think about? Yeah, and I do think that like I don't think it's as expensive as oh, I could be totally wrong because I've never had a fucking child before, but I just don't feel like it would be that much more money than I'm already spending. Right. What do they need? Diapers Diapers, are expensive. Food. And I think I would get a lot. Yeah, healthcare. But I think I would get a lot of clothing from family and friends. I think I'd get a lot of... According to the USDA, the average cost to raise a child from zero till their 18th birthday is $233,610. That includes food, shelter, and other necessities, but doesn't include the cost of college or private school. Now, the USDA also has a calculator to determine the cost of raising a child. According to this thingamajig, I'll need to spend $11,453 in my first year, 
but that includes $2,500 for childcare, which I think I can reduce big time since I will be working from home. It also includes $4,234 for housing costs, and these housing expenses consist of shelter, which I already pay for, including rent, and utilities, which uh, I already pay for, and house furnishings and equipment, but I already have all that stuff anyway, so I don't really think that I'm going to need that much in the first year. I'm serious. But wait, there's more. Here's what I used to spend on Benny. About $200 a month on food, $110 a month on dog insurance, an average of about $400 a year on random shit like, oh, I don't know, flea medicine or dog beds or dog sweaters. And vet visits were an average of... I don't know, let's say $1,500 a year, though that's a gross underestimation, I think. That's about $5,600 a year. Now, I know Benny wasn't a baby, um, but that was a good chunk of money that I was spending on um, a living being that wasn't myself. So I'm, you know, maybe halfway there. Maybe. Okay, extra food once my child is eating a lot more. Um, I'll need a Vitamix so I can make my babies. <laughs> you can get a refurbished Vitamix. That's what I did. There you go. Um, or just ask for it for Christmas. From um, Santa? What? From Santa? From Santa. <laughs> um, so childcare might be something once yeah. I start, um, if I, I don't, yeah. But then you're, if, to... you, if you need childcare, it's safe to presume you're working, right? right. So this is a good bridge, you know, right. to have so to that, cross. That is also something that's more difficult as a single parent. Right. I don't know. I mean, you certainly just want to be secure financially, but you also always seem to get by. Yeah, I always get by. Yeah, so I've always maybe, gotten by. <laughs> you've always gotten by. So maybe you just trust that you'll continue to get by. Yeah. I mean, it's always great to have some savings. I mean, that's just great anyway. So But how do you how does one have savings when they have debt? Um, I'm horrible at finances. I'm gonna be honest. You pay off the debt first, right? Yes. You don't get you yes. don't keep. Um, savings. I think so. Yeah, because yeah. that that debt has interest. Yes. Yeah. Unless it's like zero interest debt or something no. like that. For the most part, yeah. No. So I am. I do have credit card debt that mm. I that I work on every month. Um. Yeah. Well, that's so. That's you're doing. You're working toward your goal because the minute that debt's paid off, hopefully you would be able to start saving. I think and there's. Then, I think there's also a big part of me that always just thinks that around the corner is a huge payload. Sure. <laughs> that, and that, it, there might be. That's what's so crazy about the business we're all in. It's like, you don't know when you're going to get a windfall, but also you can never hold your breath for that. I know. You guys, when I said payload, I got a real like funny feeling that I was saying the wrong word. So I just looked it up and I was payload. P-A-Y-L-O-A-D. Noun. The part of a vehicle's load, especially in aircrafts, from which revenue is derived. Passengers and cargo. Or an explosive warhead carried by a missile. Cool, 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 cool. Windfall, on the other hand, is the word I should have used, the word Amanda used. Windfall. W-I-N-D-F-A-L-L. Noun. An apple or other fruit blown down from a tree or bush by the wind. A piece of unexpected good fortune, typically one that involves receiving a large amount of money. Wouldn't that be great, you guys? Oh, that's what I want, a windfall. I definitely want a windfall and not a payload. Okay, let's talk about our faces. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm interested in this as well. I love your face. Oh, that's kind of you. And I love my face. 
Yeah, you've together. Got great, you've got a great face. Yeah, I don't know. You have great teeth. Are they healthy? Or yeah. they just look great? They're pretty healthy. Okay, good. Yeah. They're so straight. Did I had braces. Uh, I did, did have you braces. have dentist? I didn't have, like, my teeth weren't real wild, but I did have braces as a child. Mostly, like, my bottom ones were a little overlapping, and they fixed those. Yeah. Wait, your bottom ones were, were un, you, you had an underbite? No, no, they were, like, overlapping each other. Uh, a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. Crowded. Because I almost had an underbite when I was a kid. Oh, yeah? Tiny eyes with an underbite. Yeah. <laughs> That's Speaking of tiny eyes, you have smaller eyes. I do, than, than kind of hooded. Uh, yeah, and and I have. Uh, your eyes are normal. Your eyes are normal too. Well, but you no, have, mine are a little bit head. on the smaller side. Let me see your face. Those are nice eyes. <laughs> okay, let me well, see thank your you. face, Molly. They're both. You both have kind of. Um, deep, we have deep set, smaller, deeper eyes. set yes. eyes. Yeah, yeah. But um, you have good eyebrows, though. Oh, thank you. I like my I'm, I like my eyebrows. I don't now, have much eyebrow. Now we so you. Uh, how would you describe your face shape? Oh, um, triangle. Well, okay. well, who said? Who was saying that you're either a horse or my a mom. cat? My yeah. mom. Is that what she and, said? And you you think you are a horse? Yeah. So my mom's side of the family looks a lot like you. Oh. Like my mom and her siblings have like a very similar face shape to you i think i take after them a little bit not like wow hard in that direction but so i don't know i don't know is that a good or a bad thing what that that like oh you guys have we would similar look similar features well people are naturally kind of attracted to people that look like them you see a lot of couples who have similar features and yeah. you know normally the kids come out okay so <laughs> i don't know no, i'm not worried that we look too much alike i'm just worried that our kids eyes will be t- uh, little peas they'll be even worse like they'll go farther down the spectrum than we are yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. maybe they won't even have eyes yeah <laughs> just be mole people. little voles <laughs> star star-nosed voles is that what they're called yeah um, well, I, I would hope my genes are the recessive ones and the kid looks more like you. No, yes. and you're an athlete. No, well. Well, you're I'm, like, you're in great shape. Well, that's kind of. Tell us yeah. For the listeners <laughs> out there, if I were going to, if someone said, Amanda, draw a boy or a man, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to draw a man, it would look like Zach. Oh, yeah. that's so kind <laughs> yeah, of you. he's got a man's body. Right, it's like he's a man and he's got great bones, like face oh. structure. Yeah. Right, and good jaw. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm kind of large. I'm like 6'1", like 200 pounds. Mm. Um, I was I was a very large kid. Like I was my size when I was 12. Get out of here. I could imagine you as a big boy. Get the yeah, fuck I was out. huge. I kind of like you leveled were six, off. You 6'1 at 12? Yeah, or close. I was like 5'11", 6 foot at 12. That's I was really big. Crazy. You could have a big 12-year-old living could in Could you house. imagine? Oh, you must have smelled terrible. <laughs> of course. All 12-year-olds smell awful. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was uh, I, I was like extremely like verbose and huge as a kid. Like oh all my god. teachers would always be like, "God, he knows a lot of words or whatever." And really? then all that leveled off, and I yeah. kind of I, I peaked. About, I peaked in uh, middle school. No, but let's talk about your brains. You got some good brains. Oh well, that's kind yeah, of you're a smart you. guy, right? Yeah, I do all right. Yeah, yeah. very smart. No uh, mental health issues no, that I know. You have no of. mental health. No, I just have no mental health. I'm a zero. <laughs> So no anxiety, no depression. No. You, you wake up every, up every day, kind of going like, "Okay, I got this." <laughs> yeah. Wow, what's that like? That's nice. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> well, I mean, it's all the normal, the normal, average baseline anxiety. Like you have and a bad, a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at you guys right now, okay, yeah. and I'm seeing 
I'm seeing something good here because you're a horse and you're a cat. Uh huh. <laughs> so you're a narrow face and you're more of a square face. Okay. Okay. So I think that's going to work out well. Yeah. I also think the child is going to be very athletic. I and think And the so skin too. tones. I think we're you're more yellow. yellow. You're more pink. You're more yellow yeah. and you're more pink. So I'm, I think I'm also. We're both like pretty hairless. Well, I've got a lot of hair. If you look close. Oh, but it's like blonde. Yeah. You don't have a lot of hair. I'm. I'm like. I don't shave or anything. I'm just hairless. Wow. Um, wow, audience. That's a soft arm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm very pale. What about your legs? I mean, there's a little bit. Of Those hair, are great but not legs. Very much. Was it ever embarrassing to you? To yeah. Be certainly. As a as yeah, a like. I do. Molly. I have a normal amount. Not, not cool. I have a normal amount of pubic hair. Only What's on normal? This show is it's just two women like staring down men and just talking about every I inch of their body. Hair. You don't, don't have any I'm pubic just hair. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, I was funny. about to say it's of choice, not of nature, right? You um, do. You're a full bushed woman, right? Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. No. What's it like down there? Okay, everyone. Uh, <laughs> this is, is definitely is, making the final cut, right? My hair is very awkward. <laughs> Yeah, right, you guys. I'm not going to get into that on my podcast. My mother would kill me. But I will get into it on my Patreon page. So (laughs) if you are a subscriber for $10 or more a month, you can hear the full dialogue that happens in that conversation right there. Okay, great. It's not that interesting. Okay, bye. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. that's a weird thing. Do yeah. women, when they know they're going to give birth, they do. do they think about that a stuff? A lot of them get waxed first. Why? Because uh, like the doctor or they want to look good down there. For the doctor? I don't know. So I For know. a bunch of people. I mean, all the nurses and the people in the oh, room are probably going to see it, yeah, right? but you're like, it's going to look yeah. fucked up anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, they shave it anyway. The really? doctors, when you go in there, they'll shave oh, it. Oh, see, I when... would, if I didn't know that, so yeah, then I would just do it myself because I don't want someone Why do they that. need to shave it? To just have it all so they can see everything, clarity? probably. Oh, weird. <laughs> um, yeah, they shave it and oil it up. I've been in the room. It's wild. Wow. I've not looked into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a message from a doula the other day. I got to contact her and oh. get some. Food. I want to be in on that one. Her name is Rebecca Rusma, and she's a certified professional birth and postpartum doula, an IPPA-trained placenta specialist and a trained bereavement doula. What's a doula? D-O-U-L-A. Now, a woman who is... Does it have to be a woman? Okay, a, a woman who is trained to assist another woman during childbirth and who may provide support to the family after the baby is born. Okay, now I have to look up whether or not it can only be a woman. Okay, I looked it up. No, you don't have to be a woman. It's very rare, though, for there to be male doulas, um, but it's becoming more popular these days. So that's cool. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, back to Rebecca. Okay, so I jumped right into it and I asked her if doctors um, regularly shave the pubic hair 
down there. Back in the day, they did. They don't anymore. They don't shave it anymore. They just leave it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was totally wrong, you guys. Um, turns out that was um that was a story my mom had told me, and not one of the births that I had witnessed. So, hmm. that. unless there's hair, like if you're maybe like if you're Greek or Italian, oh. and it's not like where they need to scaffold, <gasps> maybe. But in general, no, and do, and I think a lot of women do just before they go to the gynecologist for their annual, even if they're mm. not pregnant. Hmm. I think they wax or shave and they hide their underwear so the gyno doesn't see them and you know like all these dumb things you do like they they don't care they've seen everything so wow i have not been respectful enough of the gynecologist (laughs) (laughs) whoops things you don't learn when you grow up in a house full of boys (laughs) you know about the episiotomies when they snip you right Yeah, yeah 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 i've heard about that what's that that's when they they snip the skin at the perineum between your stuff and your stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is that a female word too, or is that just for men? Perineum. The taint. The taint. Um, the perineum. I, I think we all have them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have one. <laughs> I think. That's not a Let- perineum. <laughs> <laughs> they sniff that so that it doesn't tear. Right. So they, they preemptively tear it to have it be a controlled oh, tear, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the head comes out, the yeah. shoulders. Wow. And then you get sewn up afterwards. And then they sew yeah. you right but back. But not up everyone afterwards. does that. Some people, there are exercises and stuff you can do, Whoa. like massage and stuff you can do leading up to the birth that is supposed to help you not tear. So is it perineum or, per- or perineum? I say perineum, but I probably either is acceptable. Perineum. P-E-R-I-N-E-U-M. Noun. The area between the anus and the scrotum or vulva. Okay. And so they have to like massage that area, right? So obviously a lot of women have a fear of tearing yeah. um, in labor. So that usually happens if the baby's born really fast, uh-huh. if you push too hard. And you can prevent that. And a lot of women or couples will do perineal massage leading up to labor. Uh-huh. So. When you're like 30 weeks or so, you might start doing like using an oil and massaging the area and just trying to like stretch yourself out a little bit. Hi, I'd like to just take a bit of time to explain to you how to do perineal massage or perineal stretching. Make sure that you're, um, you've had a wash, you've washed your vulva, you've washed your bum, or do it in the shower or the bath. When you're all ready, you take your attention to your breath and you calm yourself and um, I begin by just using your thumb. So you put your thumb inside your vagina up to the first knuckle. And this is the perineum here. So your bum, your anus is there. Your clitoris is here. Labia are there. And the vagina is here and the perineum's there. So you put your thumb in and you stretch down to a good stretch. So let's call that the six o'clock position. Um, and then you come round to the three o'clock position and you do the same around the labia. And then... Up at the top, maybe just using your finger on but, the inside. Um, the important thing is when you are pushing, um, that you're in a good position that is productive, that hopefully has gravity. Although if you have an epidural, you're pretty much going to have to be flat on your back, which is not the best position, but right. you know, pros and cons. And what I do for my clients is <laughs> I bring <laughs> olive oil and a mini crock pot. And like those nurses swear I'm about to make dinner because <laughs> I will heat up water in the crock pot and put the washcloths in it. And then I'll use um, some olive oil and I'll put the warm compresses on their bottom, on their perineum, just to kind of like stretch the tissue and to make it soft and more um, pliable. Okay. So as the baby 
crowning, as the baby's coming out, it, they're less likely to tear. Wow. And most of my moms don't tear. Yeah. Now there are many factors to that. And you know, if your baby has a big ass head, you're, yeah. you might tear, you know, if you have to have a vacuum suction, you may tear. But um, if it's a pretty normal birth with few interventions, you're usually fine, but olive oil and warm compresses help a lot. Is the, um, are episiotomies less common now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't do those unless it's an emergency. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were, I thought everybody got yeah, an episiotomy. It causes way more damage than good. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're, they're pretty, they're becoming a thing of the past, fortunately. Wow. Um, but yeah, if you, if you, um, use proper breathing techniques and you push slowly and you allow yourself to stretch during crowning. And these are things you're not going to remember, which is why it's great to have a doula. Cause when you're yeah. having contractions, you know, you need someone in your face telling you like, lift your chin, short puffs of breath. Don't push right now. Just let the baby cramp those kinds of things. And you'll really avoid the tearing and having to deal with repairs and a slow recovery afterwards because that's no fun for anybody shoot okay guys i think we're gonna have to add the expense of a doula onto my financial plan it's an average of twelve hundred dollars according to the internet but it varies from region to region so who knows what it's like in la maybe i can get one of them to barter for headshots or maybe newborn photos for some of their clients that's what i'll do okay all right let's get back to zach here okay so our back to our faces well how big were you when you were born you remember um, I don't remember. It wasn't like do an insane remember? number. <laughs> yeah, do I remember? <laughs> well, I had lost a little weight, so I was eight pounds, six ounces. No, I, don't. Um, I think I was like, you know, a little bit above average, but not gigantic. Mm. Like, But I was always a big kid. Mm. Yeah. And I was blonde. Oh, yeah. You you, were, you remain blonde. I have I, lightish hair. You have but light brown hair. Yeah. Um, do you have a normal size head right now? No, I have a giant head. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. I have a tiny head. Yeah, oh. this, is where I'm, this is what I'm thinking. This is a good thing? Yeah. The head Interesting. size. Oh, you do have a small head. <laughs> not not bad, but you're not you a pinhead. You ever pin shaved head. your head? No. What? I I'm afraid. Like I got hit in the head with a rock when I was a kid, and like, <laughs> I played football. It's like I have a lot of weird injuries. I'm afraid I would have just like a moon surface. Scalp, I have. I you know? feel like I've got three planes on my head, like two flat planes here, and then one flat plane here, and then a point right here, oh. like a cone head. Like I've always, yeah, like a cone head. I've always wanted to shave my head, like GI Jane. <laughs> yeah, I bet you'd look good with no, a shaved head. My, no, my head has. Oh. It's got this point right here. It would be bad. What about just with like a a buzz? Like leave like a half an inch. Like I don't know. I have because a horse face does not look good with a pixie cut. When that grows no. out, a horse face and a pixie, no good. No, okay. no. Well, well, one thing that's come up with a lot of your guests that you're friends with and that live in LA is yes. If if there were a child, right. the amount that the donor would see the child, right? Have, are you are you at a current place where you have a strong feeling about that? I like it. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I couldn't live in the same city as you and know that there's a kid out there and not see the kid every once in a while. Uh, like, not that I would need to be a part of its life, but yeah. like birthdays, Christmas parties, like I would need to swing by. Yeah, right? I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. Um, I would, I would love to see you in more in my daily life now. Yeah, same, same, same. <laughs> so yeah. do you feel like that would be an issue for you at all, Zach, to like, how, how involved would you want to be? It's so hard to guess, isn't it? Cause like, I mean, this is just me speculating, but I've never had a kid out there. I will say, so I just, uh, I just broke up with a girlfriend I lived with. We had a shared dog and I know 
before I sound before I make myself sound like an asshole, I know having a dog is nothing like having a child, but it's the closest I've ever come. I know. We, we had a shared dog, though it was her dog. She's the one who made the choice to adopt it. And so like she kept the dog. And like since I've moved out, like, you know, I've swung by a couple times to pick up something or get mail or whatever. And it's wonderful to see that dog. And I, you know, I play with him and I scratch him and I, I love on him for a couple minutes. But like, but then I'm also able to leave without like weeping in my car, you know, <laughs> like, and I can like on a daily basis, I'm not like dying yeah. without that dog there. So I would like to think that some degree of that would maybe be the same with a child. Well, that sounds perfect. I mean, that sounds fun to me. Yeah. You can come by, see the kid and then head on out. Like I've often wanted to be like a, uh, you know, they get that big brother, big sister program. Mm-hmm. I've, I've thought about that multiple times of like trying to apply yeah. for that. Yeah. That level of relationship would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I feel like Zach would be a really good, um, like, masculine influence in the child's life, you know, without necessarily stepping over any line. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like some of the, your interviewees seem to want more of a fatherly relationship. Yeah. Like what? Um, Like I'm thinking of Joe. Joe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seemed to want to be more involved. A little bit. It's funny. Oh, so you asked earlier where I'm at. I think that I am starting to um, wonder about co-parenting a little bit too. Oh, that's interesting. But but it's very strange because there, I can't think of anybody who would who I want to co-parent with or who would want to co-parent with me. So like, why do I? Why even entertain that thought? It's there. There is this fun idea of co-parenting out there, but that to me seems just as hard as finding a mate more i, well, I think yeah. it almost seems more difficult in yeah. some ways yeah unless you could find the perfect male like the male version of you somebody who like just a man that really wants a kid without the relationship or whatever yeah and is also like a great donor or something right but zach you don't want to co-parent with me right <laughs> i don't i don't think so <laughs> though though again like if the kid came out who knows how I'd feel then, right? It is that, like, they always say, like, everything changes once you have a kid. And I imagine that's that's got to be true. And it probably changes in ways you don't anticipate, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to scare you and be like, oh, as soon as you have that kid, I'm going to become, you know, crazy I, super dad. But well, I have no I'm idea. also worried that me saying that I'm interested in co-parenting would make every man that would think that they had a no-strings-attached kind of an option would run for the hills. Sure. Cause I, but, but I... But if I was doing the co-parenting thing, that would be a whole different can of worms and I would need to, you know, it would just be all ironed out ahead of time. And yeah. and, and the idea is that ev- all of this It's all be. on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, in, in your, like, as you play out these fantasies, and mm-hmm. I don't mean to demean them in that way, but just as you, like, project into the future, is, like, one of your favorite ones or maybe one you're anticipating, like okay, you finish this process, you find your donor, anonymous, or somebody you know, whatever, you have your child. And then a few years down the road, or whenever, you do meet somebody. Yeah. You do find a partner that maybe you, you marry or you just become a partner with, and they just become the other parent? Yeah, that's my fantasy for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's and that is that like kind of number one. Yeah, that's yeah. number one fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Number one fantasy is I make some money, um, have some steady income, have a nice steady place to live, um, and 
get pregnant, everything goes great. I've got a lot of friends around, some family around, and my baby's healthy. And um, and somewhere along the line, I fall in love with a fella, and that guy is brought into the family. And maybe I uh, use my frozen eggs with that guy later on. Oh. Yeah. But that's fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not out of the realm. No, of it seems totally reasonable, right? Because whoever I, I do have to say that whoever I use my sixteen frozen eggs with, like those are, those are thirty-seven-year-old eggs. So I've got to choose some really active, healthy sperm for those sixteen eggs. Because if I choose some some lame sperm <laughs> that aren't going to get the job done, and those embryos don't, then I'm then this is all I have. Like, those are my only chance. For, those are my only, those are my backup plan. Okay, here's what I'm trying to explain. A couple weeks ago, I spoke with an incredibly knowledgeable woman named Valerie Landis. She's an advocate for women's health working in startup land, and she's a two-time egg freezer, and she helps others navigate through the fertility journey. She offers resources on her website, experience.com. That's eggsperience.com. And she has a podcast called eggologyclub.com. So here we are talking about my 16 frozen eggs. Do you know the statistics of eggs? No, why don't you tell me? I'm nervous. Okay. No, don't be nervous. So each egg has between 2 and 12% chance of turning into a live birth. Now, there's a lot of steps that get you to a live birth, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So um, if you think about every dozen eggs or so, then that equals a live birth or a human. Three. There's actually calculators online. I can send you some links. They're really fun. Really? Uh, yeah, because oh you put gosh. in your age and uh-huh. you do the calculation of how many eggs you got. And it gives you a percentage of this would be the percentage for having one baby. This would be a percentage of having two babies out of this. Okay, wow. Yeah. The thing is, with egg quality, you can't tell until yeah. you inseminate them with sperm. And then it's always the factor of the DNA of the sperm. How good is the sperm? So, so can- I need to use the best possible sperm ever to make sure that my 16 eggs are going to be taken care of. I can't use any bunk sperm. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say that you want to get all the factors taken out. Right. You want to like eliminate all those risk factors because then it gives you a better chance of your DNA turning into embryos. Yeah. Together. It's a combo factor. Right. So you have to have good egg quality. And a lot of times we overlook sperm, but sperm really can have some factors in it that are not appealing for embryo development yeah and uh if you get the best one you know when they do ICSI which is um in in insemination in the in the egg Mm -hmm. they inject the sperm into the egg and then that helps fertilize it okay so that's just a little sliver of my conversation with Valerie Landis I'm going to do a whole episode on egg freezing down the road but if you want to hear a little bit more right now I'm going to post a couple videos from our Skype session on my Patreon page okay back to Zach probably what is your timeline do you have a a date in mind or are you still in the kind of information gathering stage I, well i i think that i'm giving myself a break now because of the anxiety i will want to get myself back to a place where i feel sane again <laughs> and um so like a week ago i was too scared to even think about the timeline thing so i i'm not i'm not answering that today because okay. 
I just want to be in a healthy place mentally. Do you ever feel like now you've set something in motion and you're on a train that can't be stopped? Or do you don't feel that pressure? I do feel the pressure of I made a commitment to a lot of people that I'm going to do this. and But that's that's in my head. Like I know I don't have to have a baby if I decide I don't want to have a baby. Yeah, I'm I'm I I'm scared that it's not going to work or I'm going to I'm not going to be fertile or I'm I'm just I'm just scared about all the options. Mm-hmm. And what what scares you the most about that? I'm scared of having a child with special needs and being single. That would be the hardest thing that would happen not because I wouldn't love that child and step up to the task or not task but not that I wouldn't take care of that child in the best way possible uh, but it would be really really hard for me I'm scared that if I find out that um let's say I there's I find out something about the baby in utero at two months old and it that the baby's going to be very very sick and then I have to have a public abortion I'm scared of something like that because now you've put yeah yeah you've put yourself out there in a public way dealing with this stuff that you yeah. would but, and but, I would have to do that in front of the world but I don't know that that's necessarily true I mean you're very honest and open but you especially once you start the process of getting pregnant like I think you don't have to be yeah. revealing everything. You don't owe the world. No. I do, but I, I don't. But I, I don't owe the world anything, but I do think that these things should be talked about. And yeah. so I so don't you mind admit, being, might want to. Yeah, I do. I want to. I, want, I, could, I could have a miscarriage, and many people have miscarriages, and I will have to talk. I will want to talk about that because people don't talk about these things enough. God, I'll never forget the, the time a, a mutual friend of ours... I was yeah. sitting in a room, I think before an improv rehearsal, and she had just had a kid and and just kind of casually mentioned like, yeah, we had two miscarriages before this. And this is probably eight or nine years ago where I was, a man, you know, I was in my like mid-twenties and there's another woman in the room who also had a kid and I was like, oh yeah, I had a few miscarriages. And it's like, that blew my mind because you're absolutely right. We don't talk about that. And like, wow. it's like a weird plot device on like drama TV shows. It's not like a thing that you assume happens with some frequency. Okay, according to national estimates, roughly 15 to 20% of all pregnancies in the United States end in miscarriage. And a miscarriage is defined as the loss of a fetus before the 20th week. The majority of miscarriages occur within the first seven weeks of pregnancy. But for women undergoing IVF between the ages of 35 and 45, the rate is up to 35% chance of miscarriage. Ay, 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 huh. Who knows, you guys? All I know is that it's very common and that women who have miscarriages often feel isolated and ashamed because it's not something we talk about. And um, so, you know, you know what I'm getting at. All of that is to say you still don't have to broadcast your miscarriage. I know I don't have to do any of these things, but I feel like I I want to for the sake of society. Well, but also these are fears that come along with anyone who's trying to conceive you know like these are any woman trying to get pregnant or thinking about this stuff it has these exact same fears yeah so yours might be compounded by benny or by doing the podcast or by you know the way you're going about this but i i think everyone Mm. has these thoughts when they're 
I mean, unless you're like 17 and get knocked up, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But then you're probably going to have an easy oh, pregnancy sometimes, anyway. Sometimes I just wish I could just go and have, and I'm not going to do this, but just go and have unprotected sex and just go get pregnant and like not, just not well, think about I, it. It is kind of crazy that you spend your whole life like so scared that you're going to get pregnant. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, especially in this day and age, you know, you're in your 30s. And you're like, okay, now it's time to start. And everyone's like, well, you got to do it now. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell? I just, yeah. We've been talking for a long time. Yeah, I we're, guess we're we at a probably... little over we, an hour, we, so. We didn't do some things. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, we have to try to get you to sing. Oh, no, this this might be the deal breaker, Molly. <laughs> I think you know this about me. I'm a terrible do you, singer. Do you, have any, do you play any instruments? No. Do you like music? I love music, and it's it's the the what tragedy kind of, of my life. Like? I mean, I I love a lot of music. You know, I've been I've been listening to a ton of uh, Neil Young. Oh, my lately. favorite! What? I love Neil Young. Uh, that's enough. I'm in. Oh, <laughs> well, let's hear you guys sing a little bit of oh, Neil God. Young. <laughs> I mean, he has such like a weird voice, and again, I'm I'm I mean, it's the reason I can't you do accents. Fun, you have I'm a tone funny deaf. voice a little bit. Funny voice? Not funny. You have a different voice. Sure, but not in the singing context. Um, what's a what's a song that you? What's a, like a basic song? You're my sunshine. Okay, I can oh. try it. <clears throat> okay, five, six, seven. Well, we need a note. <laughs> oh, I mean that's not going to help me at all. <laughs> you. you. <laughs> okay, go for it. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. This is too high for me. <laughs> I was trying. I was harmonizing with you, though. Oh, I mean, oh, I'm. That's, that's how deaf I am. I can't even. Oh, oh, were you? Um. You'll never. Okay, wait. Okay, let's go lower. Okay. You. You. You are my sunshine. Louder. My only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. So please don't take my sunshine away. Yeah. That and it, it didn't sound bad. Okay, I that but I, I wish. I mean, I would gladly whatever comedic gifts I have, I would trade in an instant for the ability to sing and or be musical. Would you want to be a rock star? I would want to be a folk star, not star, folk singer. I would want to be a pop star. <laughs> would you? Pop star? Yeah. Yeah. Amanda, like Lund. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Well, you have a very Taylor Swift energy, yeah, Amanda. Thank I you. think everybody would agree. Except uh, I'm not a bitch. Oh my god! Ooh. I have no ill will to Um, I would like to do. Um, I would like to make an album of lullabies down the road oh. for all of my listeners. That's a great idea. And that's gonna sell big. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to make my money. Also, are they going to be straightforward or are they going to be like fun parody type stuff? Like oh, they're going to be sleepy. sleepy. Oh, okay. Time to put your kid to bed. I can sing a kid to sleep in, in seconds. And and a side benefit for the ASMR community. <laughs> yeah. Are, do you, are, are you into that? No. Do you have that? <laughs> but I know about it. <laughs> I don't get it either. Do you get it, Amanda? I think I might, but oh. I haven't quite come out with that information. <laughs> oh. uh, for you listeners at home, ASMR is what? It's like when someone's like like crinkling paper or making like listen to this. If if you get tingly when you hear this, 
you like that sound? Then you might have ASMR. <laughs> Okay, so that was just a little, a little taste. ASMR, Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. ASMR is an experience characterized by a static-like or tingling sensation on the skin that typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. ASMR signifies the subjective experience of low-grade euphoria, characterized by a combination of positive feelings and a distinct static-like tingling sensation on the skin. It is most commonly triggered by specific auditory or visual stimuli. I love too, there's like, and you have a nice timbre to your voice, like a nice, like not raspy, but whatever that, like a texture. I do. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's great on the podcast. You've got a great podcast voice. Oh. Gosh, thanks. Thank Absolutely. you. There it is. Oh, finally. <laughs> okay, well, we have and to get... And that laugh. Is it a good laugh? You've got the best laugh in the biz. <gasps> Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. Oh, there it is. Yeah. It was fake, but then the real yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the best part of your podcast. Really? Regardless of who you're talking to, oh whenever gosh. you laugh, it's Nobody so great. Nobody said that. No, I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh my gosh, that's great. Okay, so, okay, we've got your singing voice. How do you smell? You know what? I don't think I, I smell all right. I don't have terrible BO. I've never noticed a smell before. Yeah, I mean, again, the hairlessness probably helps a little bit. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I'm going to trust you. Um, all right, so I guess uh, if you don't have any more questions for me, I'm going to ask you your number. Well... I mean, again, I don't know that I would pick me because I think you probably have better candidates. Why? Why do you think that? Who? Maybe it's just my... Insecurity? Yeah, or my envy of Andy DeYoung and Brandon Barry. Oh. <laughs> or like... that gay couple you had on. They both sounded great. They are, God. Yeah. I, I was like, I, I'd take either one of them as I my donor. I know some pretty wonderful men. Yes. I, yeah, I really do. Um, but but you're, yeah, you're a contender, though. But I mean, if it was... Again, if you were like Zach, I I would really like for you to be my donor. I would one hundred percent say yes. I'd be a ten. Oh my god! Wow, of that's course, so that's nice. really nice. Yeah, and 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 with that, feel no pressure to pick me. <laughs> that's so nice. I would also be happy for you, no matter who you went with. And you would be fun uncle. I'd love to be. I that's probably that's my zone. Dude, mm, the funkle zone. Funkle. Did Ooh. you say funkle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not just sitting over here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm participating. <laughs> All right. Um, we better get out of Amanda's house. I'm happy with that. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. Wait, is there a different number than you said 10 if I was at really asking if you really wanted it? But, wait, but if give, I really wanted it. Well, I mean, so that's that's the number though, that's right? Number. You're like, honest, you would do it. Yes. You would, if you got, if you, she asked, you would proceed. 100%. Wouldn't hesitate. That's yeah. so sweet. That's awesome. You're such a sweetie pie. Aww. <laughs> and ladies, he's single. <laughs> and ladies. <laughs> find me on Tinder. Oh, yeah. Where do swipe, we... swipe right on my jeans. Where can we find you on Tinder? <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find you? Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've heard good things about Bumble. Are you back on Bumble. the market already? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean very tentatively. Let's not talk very about this, tentatively. No. It's scary to me still. I love you, Zach. Thank I love you. you this is fun, guys. Good interview. You, I wish you. I wish you luck on your journey, whatever that entails, and Thanks. I wish you happiness, no matter how it plays out or ends or whatever. Thank you. I feel like I was a little bit waffly today, but I'm just really. I'm just. I'm narrowing it things down. I I'm, I can't answer specific questions yet until I've got my mental health in mm-hmm. order, but I'm getting there. Yeah, I do feel so much better. Oh, good. That's great. You're you're out from you're on the other end of mm-hmm. it. I think for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. That's All great. right. Okay. Until next time. <laughs> bye. 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 Hey guys, it's me, Molly. Welcome to the outro. If you want to see Zach perform improv, you can catch him regularly at Westside Comedy Theater and Second City, performing with his team Heyday. And I think he's on a slew of other improv teams that you can watch too. I think that I'm going to put a little bit of Kyle Gordy's Skype conversation on the Patreon page so that you guys can check him out in the flesh. And I mean flesh. <laughs> All right, well, a leaf blower just started blowing outside, so I got to get out of here. You know what to do. If you want to donate to the podcast, keep me alive, keep the podcast alive, keep me energized enough to do the podcast then go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and donate a dollar or two a month it'll be so helpful i'm up to 189 dollars guys that's fun as always don't forget to rate review and subscribe it really really helps especially if i'm trying to get advertisers i need numbers guys i need those numbers i got a weird email today saying that was 357 on the itunes comedy list i don't think that's a good number let's get it up you guys you can do it just rate review and subscribe I want to give a big thank you to my doula guest, Rebecca Ruzma. You can find her at hatchlingsdoulaandplacenta.com. That's hatchlingsdoulaandplacenta.com. And also a big thank you to Valerie Landis. You can find her at eggsperience.com. That's egg, E-G-G, experience.com. And her podcast at eggologyclub.com. Also, thank you to Zach Huddleston and Amanda Lund. You guys are the greatest. And also, I forgot about last week. So thank you so much, Stephen Fletcher, Kyle Gordy, and Adam Hooper. If you want to get in touch with me, send me an email at spermcast at gmail.com or call or text 323-741-1818. That's 323-741-1818. And as always, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at spermcast. Love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being here. I'll catch you next week. Kisses! He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay, straight, black to white. Tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.